Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome into a winning edition of the Sox on Tap postgame show. It's Tony on Tap alongside NWI Steve. Here to talk about a 7-3 White Sox winner. Steve's just getting back from the ballpark. He's probably amped up. Steve, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm feeling much better than I was last night. It's always good to talk about a White Sox winner. Put one in that left-hand column, baby. We are we are hashtag back in the left-hand column, Steve. It, it's got to feel great. I know you and I were out there at the ballpark yesterday. It was a good time. Liam Hendricks came back. We'll talk a little bit about yesterday's ball game. We'll talk about tonight's White Sox winner. Uh, before we do that, be sure you're following the show at Sox on Tap on the Twitter.com. You can follow Steve at NWI underscore Steve, myself at Tony on Tap. Check us out on the YouTubes. It's youtube.com slash ontap sportsnet. Hop in the comments. It's a late night show. I'm fairly certain it's past Steve's bedtime. And we're here talking about a White Sox winner because that's what we do. Steve, let's let's just get into the last two days of White Sox baseball. Yesterday was Memorial Day. We got to, you know, have some family time at the ballpark. It was a great time. Um, despite the outcome, I want to talk a little bit about yesterday before we get into today's winner. We'll kind of glance over this because it's not as fun to talk about a loss as it is about the winner tonight, but just some ballpark experience things that we noticed right off the bat yesterday. They weren't checking tickets to the 100 level. I know that's big news for Sox fans. They weren't checking tickets on a holiday Monday night ball game against the Angels to the 100 level. Steve, just first impressions walking into the game yesterday as we came up those ramps. Were you surprised at all? I was I was very shocked, if I'm being completely honest with you. And I can hashtag confirm that they did not check again this evening. So that's two nights in a row. Now, today to be expected a little bit. Um no, no, no tickets today? No ticket no, checks? No. Okay. Interesting. No. Um, you know, you would think with it being a holiday, um, Primetime opponent was Shohei Otani and Mike Trout coming into town. A little bit of a bigger crowd coming in there. Um, you would definitely anticipate that. And I know I sure as hell did. Um, that's the whole reason why I, you know, was looking to secure a lower level ticket. Because, you know, game like tonight, I'd just be like, you know what? I'm just going to get that 500 level ticket. I'm going to work my magic. I'm going to do what I do. And I'm going to get down there. Um, yesterday... I will say I was definitely surprised. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see Saturday. Um, my appearance at the ballpark Saturday, TBD, but you got the bucket hat giveaway. Anytime you it have is, the giveaways. It is a bucket hat giveaway on Saturday. I was thinking to myself in, in relation to this bucket hat giveaway, who from the socks on tap crew would rock the Bradley the best. Bradley. That, that's that's the same name that I'm coming towards here yeah. in terms of that answer, Stephen. Do you think we'll get a buzz on tap appearance at the rate on Saturday? And for all those betting people out there, big better guys. Certain, he's over two, I think, so far this year. So. My hypothesis earlier in the year, not really checking out, getting buzz on tap back to the ballpark. Well, you know, listen, um, I think we all know that Bradley, big bucket hat guy, if there's one guy within this alignment that, that is going to get that bucket hat, 
it's definitely him. I'll do it, you know, but I, I just don't think I can pull it off. Will you rock it on the show? Would you, you like me to? Would, would you like me to? If if our guy Buzz is not going to get the bucket hat, I think somebody. I have a bucket hat. I can do it. I'm willing to do it. All right. So it's fair enough. Maybe if, I'll try and get out there with you on on Saturday. This is what the Maybe we'll, we'll dual rock the bucket hats. If this is what the people want, we'll we we'll have to ask them. Maybe that'll be the poll and the Spotify after the show because we can run polls now. Apparently, on Spotify, if you're a not poll running to a poll, what? Yeah, we can we can run some polls on the Spotify, and we can ask the people if they want to see Steve in the bucket hat, me in the bucket hat. We'll figure it out. Maybe I'll get out there too. Uh, Michael Solzars is here. Yes. You and I were on the scoreboard last Hashtag night. Hashtag confirmed. Hashtag confirmed. We were on the scoreboard last night, Stephen. I'll just I'll give you the floor here. This, this one caught me by surprise just a little bit. Uh, we were talking some shop. We were talking about beard game while this while this took place. Um, so I'll give you the floor here. How did you feel about the scoreboard appearance that you and I both made at the uh, at the rate last night? I felt good about it. I mean, listen, I am, if nothing else, a man of the people. So to go out there, give the people what they want, give the people what they need, what they expect, that's what I'm here for. And um, I think I delivered. You know, they, uh, they got to see me in all my glory. I was out there. Full headband, full shot, full persona. Um, people, people got what they expected yesterday, and uh, they, I, they I did. did not disappoint. I, if I'm being honest, they did. They, they definitely zoomed in on me a little bit. I was uh, taken by surprise that you and I made the scoreboard, but uh, maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe they knew that that was you know the two post game guys out there talking shop. Uh, I believe you and I were discussing Aaron Rowan's facial hair at the time that they decided to pan to us in the crowd, Stephen. And, you know, I've I've asked you this before, I think, publicly once. Will you ever bring back just the chin beard or the Paul Canerco? You know, listen, that's a very uh, touchy subject. Um, I've only in the last 10 years, I've. I've been a beard guy for 10 years now. And according to the laws of the Geneva convention, whatever facial hair you have when you hit the age of 30 is what you have to stick with. It's a bylaw. I don't make the rules. I just, I hit 30. I didn't, I didn't see this in the bylaws. I apparently did not read the contract. So I'm stuck with this. Yeah. So, you know, I I've only, I've been a full beard guy for 10 years now with the exception of one time, for a Halloween contest or costume, I, I shaved the beard. I uh, went to squints from uh, the Sandlot. Baby face, the whole shot and everything. Um, I believe the full name is Michael Squints Peladoris. That that checks out. It does check out. So, you know, has it happened? Yeah, but one time in 10 years, you know, um, that's, that's a you know, kind of speaks to the longevity of, of the beard here. People did comment, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm very well connected in the Bridgeport community. Um, you know, some of my people at, at local establishments, 
used to comment back in the day that if I would go with just the the chin goatee there, that I did have a striking resemblance to number 33, Mr. Aaron Rowan. So is it possible it could come out? Yes. I'm not going to rule it out entirely. Do I think it's entirely probable? Not necessarily. We'll see if we can make that happen. Maybe uh, an Aaron Rowan beard in a bucket hat will be an appearance on this show. We'll see if we can make that happen. No promises as always, but we'll see what, what we can do here. Steve, yesterday's ball game, we saw Liam Hendricks make a return to the mound for the first time uh, since his diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, I think this came sooner than a lot of people would have expected it too, including his own teammates. Uh, just a wonderful reception he got. Uh, I know I had to fire off the sarcastic tweet that not a lot of people um, appreciated, apparently, uh, that throwing a, a, a closer in a non-save situation sort of led to the demise of the White Sox yesterday, although they were already down. Um, the story trumps the outcome here in this in every single scenario i i wish it was different i wish the scenario was drawn up a little bit different but just being there yesterday for liam's return to the mound was an incredible experience i'm happy i got to share it with you um give me some thoughts on liam hendrix just being hashtag back in every sense of the word on the mound what does that mean to you what is that what, what as a white Sox fan um, and not even just as a White Sox fan, just a baseball fan and a human in general. Uh, give me your thoughts on the Liam Hendricks story that has transpired before our eyes. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack there. Um, I think first and foremost on a human level, uh, there are very few of us today that haven't been impacted either individually or by someone close to us that has been had to deal with cancer in some form. Um, I have family members that have um, had cancer and I have other people very close and near and dear to my heart that have had to deal with cancer as, as I know you have as well. Um, so to see that um, and, and to see someone come back from that in such a short time frame, and to do it at the absolute peak of athletic prowess at the major league level, the way Liam Hendricks has done it, it speaks volumes to, and I mean this in the most sincere term I can, he's an absolute psycho. And there's just no other way to put it. And I think anybody that has followed Liam Hendricks since he's been a member of the White Sox or prior to joining this organization you just know from hearing him talk, whether it's post-game, in the midst of a game, in a spring training bullpen session, you know how intense this guy is. And you know that he is the type of person that is going to go out there and you put an objective in front of him, he is going to do everything in his power to beat it. And that's exactly what he did in this circumstance. I don't think there is a single White Sox fan out there that when they heard the news and once the 
kind of air of unfortunate circumstances kind of passed over, didn't think to themselves, he's going to fucking beat this thing. There's no doubt about it. But for him to do it in like four and a half months, again, just speaks to what a person he is, the tenacity and the TWTW, to put it into White Sox terms right there. Um, it's just truly remarkable. So for him to get out there yesterday to be back on the mound um, was truly phenomenal. And I think about this all the time. I think about, you know, the emotions that someone has to feel the first time that they step on a field at the major league level. You work hard your entire life to realize your dream and to get to that point. I worked, you know, for 21 years to try to get to that point. I wasn't even close to it. So I can't even imagine what has to go through your mind if you are good enough to actually make that happen. To get to that point and then have the, this happen to you, to have and have to overcome cancer, work and fight your ass off to get back to that point and then get back out of that mound, it has to just be the most exhilarating feeling in the world. Extremely well said. Uh, Rahul in the in the comments also said, well said, Steve, TW, TW. To me, it ex just exemplifies something that we've said on the show when it comes to cool and tough, right? Like, that is cool and tough. When you're, when you're faced with a diagnosis like that, it's life-changing. It's, it's life-changing in every sense of the word. People fear this being said to them. And, and Liam Hendricks is just like, fuck it, I'm going to beat it. Exactly. That is every sense of the definition of cool and tough. It's every give me, tw give me 25 Liam Hendricks. That that, that you you can't ask 26, more than that. Yes, give, give me 26 of them. Uh the fact that he's back on the mound and you heard comments from teammates saying that he was doing full workouts during this. I sort of take this as, you know, it doesn't matter if it's baseball, just every life lesson that you can sort of sum up into one. He tackled it head on. He tackled this with the same sense of urgency that he tackles everything. And that's something that I think, you know, just as a human, Steve, like we get faced with adversity every day. Some, some challenges aren't cancer. There are other things. They're going to appear as as whatever they are in your life. This is one of those mountains that people are going to have to climb. And he did that, and he's back performing at a high level now in, in at the top of his craft. It's, it's an incredible story. I can't compare to it. I can't sit here and say that I've ever done that. Um, and not many people are ever going to be able to say that they can. Now, you also throw in the fact that it's Liam Hendricks. He's a closer. He lives off basically adrenaline in the back end of a, a bullpen in Major League Baseball. We can make all the jokes that we want to about the Chicago White Sox and where they are in the competitive level of, of baseball today. Nobody could take away from this story, though. 
doesn't matter what team he played for. doesn't matter. People will be talking about this no matter what. what to the... be there to see him come back into a baseball game, just an absolute incredible moment. Yeah. And one of the ways that I kind of looked at this and when you're as a human being, when you're faced with adversity, whatever it is, you know, if it's something as severe and serious as a cancer diagnosis or anything else that you face in your life, that is an obstacle or a potential roadblock as a human being, you've got a choice. You can wilt under the pressure develop a woe is me mentality and just wallow in pity. Or you can do what Liam Hendricks did and you can say, fuck it. I'm going to beat you. You don't have, you don't stand a chance. That's it. Those are your choices. In a lot of ways, this was a microcosm for life. And he showed what he's made of. And, and that is, if nothing else, an inspiration to Sox fans. And it, it really should be to, to anybody in general, because, you know, that's not a, a light diagnosis. Um, you know, I know you being a, a, bi a big hockey guy, and I know this is a little bit before your time, but I remember when I was a kid, when Mario Lemieux, at the peak of his powers, two-time defending Stanley Cup champion gets diagnosed with non-Hoskins lymphoma, has to miss an entire season. Liam Hendricks came back in four and a half months. It's fucking insane, if we're being honest with ourselves. It's 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 not an easy thing to get over, and it's it's sort of hard to rationalize because I found myself at certain times of this Liam Hendricks thing sitting there going, and I'm I'm sure you did as well at a certain point. You finish your rehab assignment, come back. We're throwing bullpens, like just get back. We need to win, and then you stop and you you. You put into account things that you just said there. What is the at, at any time somebody gets injured, right? Like we've dissected Yohan Moncada's back. We've dissected, you know, Eloy Jimenez every injury. Like you could just <laughs> go all over the place. Uh it's any part of the body. How long is it gonna take him to get back? We we've become so accustomed as White Sox fans, right? To how long is it going to take this guy to get back on the field? I don't think anybody in their right mind thought May 29th, Liam Hendricks is back on the field when this was handed to us, what, in late December? That was not in the cards. I mean, I remember, you know, when that diagnosis came out, thinking to myself, okay, they're not going to have him the entire season. Right, and and we we sort of sat there through April in this losing streak, where our bullpen was sort of in disarray, Steve. And it was hard as a baseball fan, at least for me. I don't know about for you, but I'm sure there's other people out there. It was hard for me to sit there and say this bullpen was at full strength the way that Rick Hahn wanted to assemble it. But from a very human aspect, it could not be. And in reality, it shouldn't even be where it is right now. 
because this guy went out and did what he did, handled the situation with such prowess, handled it the same way he would close everything else down. It's it's a very human moment to sit there and realize everything you had just said about how it can be a teaching moment for White Sox. I don't even think it's just White Sox fans. It's people in general. This is a human interest story. Incredible what took place here. And to be there yesterday to witness him standing in the bullpen, basically just doing dry runs before he got ready to sort of swallow that moment and say, you've got to get out there. You could throw everything else aside. Yes, the White Sox lost yesterday. Should they have won a baseball game? Sure. But the human interest story that took place is not something that you're going to see every day. And it it really honestly should be an inspiration to people just in general to stare down that mountain, that hurdle, that obstacle that they're going to get thrown at them. I just, I'm lost for words in terms of, holy shit, if that was me, could I fucking sit here on a post game show, Steve, or would I, would I have to bow out? Right. Like there's, could I show up to work every single day and perform what I need to perform the way that he beat this was awesome. The charity work that he's done during this whole entire journey is tremendous, speaks volumes. There is no amount of press that this guy can get for what he's done that is over the top. So it's really cool that he is a member of this team. Does that replace winning a World Series? No, it doesn't. But... I think we need to stop time for a second here and just appreciate what we just witnessed that is so close to us as White Sox fans because that could be anybody else out there. And hopefully that helps somebody. Hopefully somebody who's trying to go through something that is an obstacle, that is a a hard diagnosis, can listen to that or look at Liam's story and say, I can do this and, and I hope with every ounce of my being that that inspires somebody to go fight the way he did. We saw a sign that the guy was carrying yesterday into the ballpark that said, Hey Liam, I'm fighting too. And that was very touching to me to see somebody else come out there and draw inspiration from that. I know we don't normally go down these paths on post game shows, but I have to bring it up. I think it was inspirational to people. That's a really cool human moment here, Steve. No, it it absolutely is. Um, Again, I think it just speaks to Liam Hendricks as a person and just to the tenacity that he has as a human being. And on a human level, it just shows – when you're faced with adversity like that, you've got a choice to make. You can fight it head on or you can waltz under the pressure. And he showed what really the human spirit is capable of when you decide that you are going to face it head on. Not everybody is going to have to confront it in a way that results in you 
trying to get back to being a professional athlete. It's going to be different for everybody. But the principle remains the same. You fight it head on, you go at it, and you overcome. That's what it's about at the end of the day. And then, you know, one other thing that, you know, you know, you touched on Liam and some of the charity work that, that he was doing. Uh, one of the things that was talked about very frequently or on a couple of occasions during his rehab stint down in Charlotte was him going out and, um, you know, buying meals for the entire Charlotte Knights organization, not just the, not just the players on the team, the clubhouse attendants, the front office workers, everybody there taking care of everybody in that Charlotte Knights organization. Um, him and his wife, Christy, you know, paying for wigs for um, other cancer patients that were treating, you know, at the, at the same time that he was, whose families couldn't afford for them to do that. So you want to talk about a guy that is somebody that you can get behind. We see and we hear so many stories about professional athletes and not doing things outside of the field of play that would make people proud. Liam Hendricks is the antithesis of that. He he is showing you what you want to see in, in a professional athlete and showing you the type of person that you want to get behind. And you talked about, you know, it doesn't replace a World Series, but that's the type of guy that you want to see have that moment because of everything that he has had to go through to get to that point. I, I, I just, one word speaks to me on this and, and we'll wrap this up and we'll, we'll try and get on to some of the post game stuff. But again, no amount of press can really even cover this entire topic, but for sake of time, one word that comes to me here, Steve is just proud. I'm proud to have had, been able to witness that story because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You have no fucking clue what happens when a word like that gets said to you and to see somebody tackle that. And it's not just the word cancer. It's as you had mentioned before here, any obstacle that you can face. And that's a huge one for all of us. That's a huge obstacle that people are going to face. To see that story was just absolutely tremendous, and I'm glad he's back on the mound. I'm glad he's doing what he loves, and he's doing it for our favorite team, the Chicago White Sox. We cover them. We talk about them all the time. He's going to provide tremendous amounts of value. Yes, this was a obstacle for the White Sox to overcome as well, with him being gone. Um, and they handled it as, as much as they could. I think that we've had plenty of shows here, Steve, where we've talked about how much we've missed him. Maybe not in so many words. Maybe those were more, uh, you know, just sort of frustration that we've had watching our favorite baseball team, but having Liam Hendricks back in that bullpen, I think will shore some things up might be too little too late in, in certain circumstances. And, We'll go back on and forth on that throughout the rest of the season. But uh, from a human interest standpoint, this was a tremendous story. I think probably one of the biggest storylines the White Sox will have this season, if not 
through this decade uh, of looking at White Sox baseball and what somebody's done. So um, just very happy that Liam Hendricks is in every sense of the word, Steve, that you like to throw out there on Twitter. He's hashtag back. He is hashtag back. That is hashtag confirmed. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we've got the, the confirmation on it. Steve, yesterday uh, the White Sox weren't able to put it together and win a ball game, but tonight they were able to do so. You were in attendance uh, tonight there for the 7-3 to victory. How was the gelato tonight, Steve? The gelato was sufficient, I, I will say. I've had better gelato. We definitely saw worse gelato just five days ago. Um, he put him in a position to win a baseball game. He wasn't particularly sharp, I think, especially early on. I mean, look, he goes out there, first hitter of the game, gives up a leadoff home run. So right away, you're behind the eight ball. Once again, kind of a repeat of what we had to witness the day before. It's, you know, hey – I wasn't even in my seat. I was standing in line looking to get, uh, you know, a couple of dogs and a couple of polishes, you know, for me and uh, Jonathan. And uh, I'm having to watch on, on the screen. Lead off you home run. ordering polishes? I mean, you know. Part for the course. Whoa. Hey. Whoa. Guy. Whoa. Hey. I mean, you told me yesterday when we were at the ballpark that the the Polish sausage was better than brats and it was better than hot dogs. So and better than and better than you know inferior Italian sausage. Hey, those are just hashtag facts only. You know. Oh, I mean, whoa, was, whoa. You know, you know, hey, you know, just saying, just saying. But anyway, that's not why you called. Um, <laughs> you know, so you fall behind early and you're just kind of thinking to yourself, okay, here we here we go again. And, um, you know, the team responds back, bottom half of the first inning, ties the game up. So you're like, okay, hey, we're, we're back to even. And then Lucas Giolito goes out there and gives up two more. So it's a three-to-one game now at this point. And it, you kind of felt the collective air of the stadium go out a little bit and just that feeling of dread setting in almost. And it's like – Okay, well, it's three to one now. Um, this team's behind. We've seen this movie before. You know, we're just kind of playing out the string here a little bit. And to his credit, he buckled down after that. He kept it there at that three to one margin and gave his offense an opportunity to go out there and to pick him up, which they eventually did. So that was uh, definitely positive to see. Let's turn it over to that offense the bottom of the fourth you know i love crooked numbers i think you love crooked numbers as well i love crooked numbers hashtag confirmed five runs in the fourth inning steven let's talk about how that got done right there because that was the inning that won the white Sox this ball game i'll take it away you were in the stadium for this I mean, listen, the biggest thing about it was when you have a somewhat maligned first baseman 
um, that isn't just a, a little slapdick singles hitter that can actually get you extra base hits, you know, every once in a while, good things can happen. And we saw that from, from Andrew Vaughn here today. Um, big, uh, big RBI. This is, do you sort of credit yourself for writing an article about Andrew Vaughn? I'm not saying I'm patting myself on the back, but I'm also not, not saying it. Okay. That's, I was just wondering where we were at with that. You know, um, it's, it's good to see Vaughn come through here. This is two days in a row now. Um, I've been in attendance. It's almost like he's felt inspired by my presence in the ballpark. No one He that, might know hey, you're there. I mean, he saw you on the scoreboard. So he knew you were watching. He knew you were watching. It's true. He was like, hey, that dickhead in the headband, you know, that, that was talking all that shit about me. He's here. You know, I got to fucking do some stuff now. So you you want to see that and so he went out there big uh big three run double there today um give this team you know the lead and and put them in a position here to break a baseball game open and uh that was that was very pivotal um you want to see Andrew Vaughn just get going and continuing to build some positive momentum i know there's there's a lot of people out there that think that i want to see him fail that i am taking joy in writing articles that I did recently about it. That's, that's not true. Um, you know, this as well as anybody, because I've talked about this frequently, I would much rather write something and be wrong. If it is going to benefit the white Sox, than write something and be right and have it be to their detriment. So I want Andrew Vaughn to be good to this point. It hasn't been what I have wanted to see. It has not been what I feel the collective fan base has wanted to see to this point. Does it mean that it is a foregone conclusion that this is what he is? No, it doesn't, but it means that we are at a very pivotal point here right now to where things have to begin to turn. And hopefully these last two nights will be that turning point. Steven, that's, that's all big. If true. I'm just kidding. No, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, you, you know where the... Uh, I, I will give you this. You, you know where the line draws in the sand when it comes to pivotal moments. And for the record, you're not meaning line in the sand, the Motorhead song. No, I'm, I'm just throwing stuff out okay. there. If you've okay. got if you've got references to lines and sands elsewhere, I'm I'm just throwing it out here from a, a very White Sox perspective of the line in the sand. I think was drawn with Andrew Vaughn specifically, um, but it was good to see him come through in a big spot tonight. I, I liked seeing that. Now I also want to touch a little bit on a guy named Romy Gonzalez because he also got the job done tonight. And he also has been getting the job done since he's returned something that you've called hashtag back. But outside of spring training, you've never seen this guy perform this well. I don't know if he thinks that he is in Arizona right now. I don't know how this has happened, but Romy Gonzalez 
has been ridiculous. And that's why the title of tonight's episode is Romy Radness, because it's been pretty fucking rad. If we want to go back to the 90s for a second here, it's been pretty rad that uh, Romy's been able to do this for a while, Steve. So I need some takes on one Romy Gonzalez from you here, sir. I'm just saying there are dozens that are literally asking right now, is Romy Gonzalez hashtag back? Dozens. 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 There are dozens of us. Baker's dozens. dozens. Baker's dozens or just no, regular no, dozens? Just, just, just your st- your standard dozen. Standard dozen. Standard okay. Dozen, you know, you know. Um, look, Romy is a guy that can be very frustrating. Um, you see these tools, and they can be loud at moments. You go on his savant page. You see a 94th percentile sprint speed. Um, you see some of the exit velocity numbers, and you think, man, this guy could have something here. And you see these little bursts. You saw that 7-10-day um, to stretch at the end of spring training, and, I, and you touched on this. Like spring training numbers can be very misleading. Um, I talk all the time that the most misleading month of a baseball season is April. Typically, that's usually the only thing more misleading than cactus or grapefruit league statistics. But, you know, Romy was a guy that kind of came out of nowhere um, two years ago for for this team through the minor leagues. And you want to see somebody go and take that second base position and hold on to it. Um, they've tried a number of different things there for God, 15 years now at this point, since Tadahito Iguchi, um, left. So boy, do you miss Tadahito? Uh, w- we saw a guy in a Tadahito Iguchi Jersey this evening here. And it just, I tell you what, it warmed my heart. Number 15. Oh, Respect. Man. Oh, you gotta love, you gotta love the Gooch. Um, but you, you know, Romy, these last couple of days here has shown those loud tools. He's shown the power. He's shown the speed in that fourth inning right there. Um, he hits an RBI double, then goes and steals second or excuse me, steals third base and then is able to score on, on the errant throw right there. So he's doing damage with his legs. And then a couple innings later hits the ball out of the ballpark again. So it's there on full display. So you see all the positives and you see these flashes and these tools that make you think, hey, maybe this guy can be something. Um, during the month of May, he's put together pretty good performances. It's it's 40 plate appearances, 40 plate appearances, very small sample size in terms of a full major league schedule here. But it's one of those things where now you see that and you say, hey, Let's just continue to write it out because we know what some of the alternatives are. We know Hanser Alberto, despite being Pedro Grafrol's boy, is not going to be a significant factor for the White Sox um, anytime soon. I feel pretty confident in saying that Elvis Andrus is not going to be a significant factor for the White Sox 
in any kind of championship aspirations that they have anytime soon. So can Romy Gonzalez potentially grow into being one of those guys? There are things within his game and within his skill set that continue to need to be improved upon. The strikeout-to-walk rate is still very troubling. Can he work to overcome that? I am not as well-versed in the you know baseball savant stats as you are or – you know, some of the advanced analytics, but we've seen with this White Sox team, plenty of guys who've come through this organization put together a very solid month. These names are going to hurt. Yerman Mercedes. I've got, I've got one ready for you. Nicky Delmonico. Oh, I got one way better. Daniel Polka. Like those are just names within the last five years. Anthony. Where fans have fallen in love with a player. If you've got a name, oh, I've got one. If you've got a name, go ahead. I remember I, Diane Viciato being great for a very short time. I'm old enough to remember when Brett Morrell was Ooh, at that is one of my favorite at third base because he hit nine home runs. In a meaningless September. That is one of my favorite names to discuss here. Because the potential was real there. There was there was a lot of Brent Morrell hype. Where is Romy fall on this scale? In terms of can he be a piece? Or is he the guy you pick up in fantasy baseball to get you through a month and have to turn to the next thing because we've seen this before. We've done this post-game show before. We've seen this White Sox player have a hot month. Where can we go from here? I think at the end of the day, what it's going to come down to is how well is he going to be able to put the bat on the baseball? Um, If he's going to have a 35% 35% strikeout rate with a sub 2% walk rate, then odds are he's just that guy that's going to carry you for a month. For As Buzz fast. would say here, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. If he can improve upon that, if he can start to show some selectivity, if he can just get back to being a guy that was a 5% walk rate in the minor leagues, 5% is still below league average but if you can get just to that point and if you can show this power um frequent uh listener and, and commenter to the show our, our buddy voodoo and i was talking with jonathan about this at the ballpark tonight you know voodoo and his bold prediction said Romy gonzalez was gonna hit 20 home runs this year got 17 more to go he's got time to do it he does. He's got time to do it. We'll see what happens here. But the uh, the Romy radness was on display for the last two nights, really, Stephen. And if he can stay healthy, if he can put bat on ball, Romy Gonzalez finishes the season with more home runs than either Eloy Jimenez or Yoan Moncada. I think we've got some real discussions got some real discussions here i don't know if he'll beat jake berger 
But it's got a ways to go. It'll be interesting to see what transpires there. Sox were able to uh, get enough offense there in the fourth inning to get the job done. Romy provides some insurance runs there for all of us in the sixth. Steven, Gilito gets the win tonight if you're into that sort of thing. The bullpen was able to hold him down. And it was a little bit scary at times, but uh, Aaron Bummer came in and uh, he was able to strike out one Shohei Otani. How were you feeling during that at bat? I will tell you this much: that was that was the Aaron Bummer guy that we all pined for. You know, those of us that back in 2019 when we saw this guy and and what he could be. He was on full display there. And it was funny because I had commented to Jonathan because they showed a graphic on the scoreboard there that he had, in six of his last seven appearances, been scoreless. It sure hasn't felt like that. It has not. So, but he went out there tonight. Quietly, and- Kate, like, close, like, quietly chasing a guy like Joe Kelly for most impressive bullpen run. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that at bat against Otani, I mean, he made him look absolutely foolish. And we were talking about this before we came on here. You know, you contrast that with Otani's second at bat when he hits the home run in the, I think it was in the third inning right there to dead center. And as a White Sox fan, you hate to see that happen against your team, but that's what you come to the ballpark for. You come to see great players like Shohei Otani do what they do at this level. It sucks when it's against your own team that you root for on a day in a day out basis. But my God, like it was just right there on full display. Like this is why this guy is a unicorn. He is a freak of nature. And there it was for you. Cause that sound, when that came off the bat, you knew immediately there was no doubt about it. But that's what you go to the baseball park for each and every night. And then a couple you of contrast guys in that this, by a couple by, of guys in this Aaron, league that can do that, and he's yeah. one of them. Yeah. And then you contrast that to what Aaron Bummer did to him later on in the game. It's it just shows you how insanely difficult and humbling this game can be. Very well said there. Very well said. It's it's insane. That's why I love this sport, Steven. In, insanely humbling in, in so many different fashions. Um, just getting to wrapping this one up. Kendall Graveman comes in, pitches an inning and a third, gets the job done. I know that there was uh, a little bit of dramatics here. Liam and I want to talk about to get that up. first. I want to talk about that for a minute. Liam Hendricks had to get up. I know you had some thoughts on this, so I'll give you the floor. Yeah. So. Obviously, the emotion that we touched upon with Liam making his return yesterday, um, you would have to think that this team wanted to stay away from him having to pitch back-to-back days right out of the shoot here. Uh, so I was very perturbed by the fact that Kendall Graveman put them in a position to where Liam Hendricks had to uh, go out there and dry hump in the bullpen. And for, the, for those of you that aren't, familiar with the term that you know the the dry hump is you know having to get up in the bullpen and not having to come into the game 
everybody likes to look at that number as far as appearances that pitchers make over the course of a year, but that doesn't tell the whole story. The amount of times that you have to get up in a bullpen and physically and mentally get ready to go out there and do your job, but then not get in, that stuff matters. And that matters over the course of a six-month season right there. With the White Sox being 11 games under 500 right now and not in a position to be a playoff team, you can sit there and you can say it doesn't matter as much. But if this was a different scenario and if Liam Hendricks had to get up in this spot and start getting loose to not come into the game, that's the type of thing that can have ramifications down the road in mid-August when you are fighting and ramifications as soon as tomorrow. Exactly. As well. So so now you have to wonder, because he had to get up again here today, is he going to be available tomorrow? And this is where Pedro Grafal might have to, for lack of a better term, save Liam Hendricks from himself because we know the type of competitor that Liam Hendricks is, that if this is a one- or two-run ball game, if they have an opportunity to try to close this thing down and win a series, you know he's going to want the ball. But – is it going to be the best thing for Liam Hendricks to take the ball in that spot? Because now he had to get up and and get that engine revved up to potentially come into this game tonight. And that was very irritating to me personally. That's a, that's a great point you make here. And I wholeheartedly agree with it. Um, It's like starting that car that you only start on Sundays right like it's a, it's a classic car that's sitting there you know it's fucking cool you know you you can drive it when you want to but every single time you turn that engine over there's going to be miles on that car we live in an era where pitch count matters we talk about it on this show you throw 30 pitches in a ball game well the, Pitcher that's in the bullpen, if he's if he takes 30 pitches to warm up, that's still miles on the fucking car. So I get exactly where you're coming from here, Steve. It was sort of unfortunate to see there. That could lead to, you know, it has to be Joe Kelly or it has to be Kendall Graven again tomorrow, or maybe it's Bummer or whoever. Could it be it Co-Jelly? I, that's, yeah, I think it's Joe Kelly. Co-Jelly, maybe Joe Kelly. Who knows? depending on which Jacqueline Hyde version you want of Joe Kelly versus Co Jelly. I don't, I don't know, but that matters when it comes down to you and I drinking victory beers, talking about a White Sox winner versus a White Sox loss. That's it's irritating. It's irritating that we get beat. And I'm going to say it, we get beat on the margins with this shit way too much as White Sox fans. And that's what adds to the frustration. That's what adds to the attitude we have towards the team because of shit that could potentially happen like this. Might not. Maybe Liam Hendricks comes in and shoves tomorrow. You never know. But what are you buying down the line? And we know this team has a giant hole to dig themselves out of. Didn't have to do that tonight. Sox win seven to three. I'm glad you got to take in a winner tonight, Steven. 
you got any final thoughts and maybe a pick to click for tomorrow? We've already gone 52 minutes. We're going to try and close this out by the hour here. Final thoughts are, you know, it was good to get back to the ballpark and um, back to back days. Like I'll give you some credit. This is way past your bedtime. We're sitting here talking White Sox baseball and I'll enjoy every second of it. Um, But it's good to put one in the left-hand column. So I will always um, take that. So if you give me a choice between getting to bed early or staying up late and talking about one in the left-hand column, I know which one I'll take each time. So that's uh, that's good to see right there. And um, it was good to see the bats come alive and do so and come from behind fashion. So that was a lot of fun here tonight. As far as pick-to-click goes for tomorrow, um, I'm trying to think of who's even on the mound for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I'll uh, grab that for you Orange here. County of California of the Pacific time zone. We've um, got uh, Berea on the mound. And tomorrow is also Lance Linday for Day. the White Sox. Okay. Um, with Berea on the mound, you know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to um, I'm going to stay with Romy Gonzalez because he is hashtag back. I like we're gonna that. Ride, we're going to ride this wave, baby. I, I, li- I like the Romy Gonzalez pick. The The Sox have not seen Berea uh, very often. In fact, I believe Johan Moncada and Ben Attendi both have the most plate appearances against Berea, each with six. No one has really touched this guy up at all. In fact, uh, Sebi Zavala is one of the only guys that has a hit against Berea. So is that Sebi Zavala's last hit in general? Could be. Could be. Uh Johan Moncada, I believe, has one. Tim Which Anderson. We need to, we need also we need to talk about Johan Moncada real quick here because we, we, Go ahead. we saw this happen. Um I want to say it was in the seventh or the eighth inning. He had a plate appearance, um, took a swing, and we saw him hunched over grimacing a little bit and we've talked about this on the show the protruding disc issue in his back mm-hmm. um he he looks like he was definitely favoring that a little bit after that swing uh there was a foul ball down the third baseline that he kind of moved a little gingerly towards and um you could just kind of see he wasn't going full bore at it. Jonathan and I both noticed it and commented on it a little bit. So it would not shock me at all to see Yoan Mikata not in the lineup tomorrow because of this for whatever kind of maintenance is necessary. Talked about this uh, for a couple of weeks now here. This is the type of thing that can flare up at the slightest little issue. Especially and, with the day game tomorrow. Right. Exactly here. So, um, you know, whatever kind of treatment he was getting post game here or tomorrow prior to the 110 first pitch, I would be very shocked if we see Yohan Mankata in the lineup tomorrow. Fair enough. With that said, I'm going to go Jake Berger. It's been a while since we've seen him just light a game up. So I feel like he might be due. I would expect to see him in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, not a lot of these guys have had success off of Berea, but uh, 
nonetheless, I'll go Jake Berger. Maybe some Burger Bombs make their reappearance tomorrow. I like Burger Bombs. I do as well, Stephen. Sox win tonight by a final of 7-3. to three. Steve, you got to take in a winner. It's fantastic to sit here and talk about White Sox winners, drink victory beers. Thank you to everybody who tuned in to the show, especially those that dropped some comments in here. Be sure you're following the show at Sox on Tap on Twitter.com. You can follow Steve at NWI underscore Steve, myself at Tony on Tap. Subscribe to the YouTube, youtube.com slash ONTAP Sportsnet. Steven, I hope we can finish this series out, grab another win. The Detroit series is far behind us. I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to believe. I'll say it three times because that's the charm. We need to continue to have winning postgame shows here. Close it down how we always do. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.